Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Oh, that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was kind of weird. <laughs> oh, good timing. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, so I can't believe Anita uh, and all that. Why is she doing that to you? Hello, listeners. Welcome to another broadcast of The Unexplained World, where the line between the natural and the supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy. I'm Edward Shanahan, your host, a spiritual observer, and Psychic Reader. Also joining me tonight and every broadcast are our co-hosts are part of the inner circle of the Unexplained World and Spirit Weavers. So stay tuned, feel free to call in, and enjoy. Thank you. Hello listeners, you're listening to the Unexplained World radio broadcast for Sunday, July 15th. I'm Edward Shanahan. And tonight with the co-host with me tonight is John. John, hello, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, Ed? How you doing, guys? It's been a while since we've had John here. Uh, Nuts on a road trip in Wisconsin tonight, so um, she's she asked if she could be forgiven and you know calling you know absent, and you were you know my first choice. And uh, welcome to the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, tonight we're going to be, another reason we got Jan, we're going to be talking about the paranormal investigations. And uh, we got a couple, we got two ladies, very interesting ladies. I talked to Tanya just a little bit before the show. They're called the Ghost Divas, Tammy and Tan- Tanya. Hello. How are, are you there, ladies? Yeah, yeah, we're here. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Okay. All right. That's where the listeners will know, and I can... No, also, um, let us know, because it's, I talked to Tanya, but leave the listeners know who is who. Tanya. Uh, I'm Tanya. Okay. Tammy. Tammy, okay. Um, the ladies are calling in by two-way calling, and uh, for those who want to give us a call, the number is 646-915-9653. Um, okay, ladies, John, feel free to jump in any time. <clears throat> Ladies, you're called you're called a ghost divas, okay? Um, why are you called a ghost divas? Tammy, go go ahead. You tell it better than I do. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, Tanya and I were um, chosen. Well, Tanya was chosen, and I got to kind of go along. But um, she was chosen to come and um, help the Learning Channel with a show that they were filming a few years ago, and um, they had picked several of the groups from around the country to, to do investigations for this program. And then they put all of the groups together in what they called at the time one of the biggest ghost hunts in the United States because they teamed up <clears throat> five, I guess, five teams, and they put us all in one place together for the night. Anyway, um, during the filming, 
we were in Maryland, and it was very rainy and yucky. And and um, being girls, we were very conscious of conscious of whether our hair looked good and our lipstick looked good. And, you know, did this look okay? <laughs> and yeah. we were. I mean, and we're not. Neither one of us are prissy at all. But we were on. You know, it was the learning channel. We were gonna be on mm-hmm. TV, so we didn't want to. You know, look crazy and frumpy and. So um, every little bit, I guess we were kind of doing that, and um, had a little bit of attitude, I guess, because the camera guy started calling us the ghost divas. Okay. Because it was just, and it was a joke, <clears throat> and so that was yeah. how it all started out. And so we just kind of ran with it, thought it was funny, and so um, that's kind of that's where that was born. And now yeah. it's kind of into it's not a woman empowerment type of thing. We do preach sometimes, as you'll read on our blog, about especially women and men, you know, when you're going to be on television, you're going to be in the public eye, look your best. You know, don't wear an oversized T-shirt and, you know, and all that. Look like you just rolled out of bed. Stand so, up sweat. Yeah, put some makeup on if you're a girl. You know, fix your hair. <laughs> you know, well, you are on national television, you know. Anytime you're in the public and you're, you know, doing your thing, I guess you could say, you should look, you know what I'm saying, like you're... Yeah, you should look nice. The first thing hosting it or whatever, you know. Yeah, and what people don't understand is a lot of ghost hunters, they think they look professional when they're wearing old blue jeans and an oversized T-shirt that says paranormal investigator on the front of it, their hair back in the ponytail and, you know, they got their sneakers on. I'm like, that doesn't look professional. You look like you're doing yard work. So, you know, dress a little nicer, you know, when you're presenting yourself in the public eye. So, Especially when you're trying to get to a place or a location and your first first time you're introducing yourself yep. to the people that own it, you know. Exactly, because the word professional gets bandied about a lot in this whole field. And everybody's like, well, that's not professional, that's not professional. Well, P.S., none of us are professional ghost hunters because it's not a real job. Right. It's a hobby. But if you're, but you can still present yourself professionally to other people, and you don't want to be. I mean, I mean, come on. Honestly, in the real world, uh, how everybody looks at this, we're as weird as Trekkies. Yep. Right. No. Right. So why do you want to make it worse? Yep. No. You would have to work know? wearing that stuff. So why would you go on a ghost hunt, and pretend to be a scientific professional? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um. Um. There. <clears throat> Gosh, let me clear my voice on that one. Um, let's go back to the original par- the, the f- couple of sentences you said. Um, and that's what first brought me to you when I read in your webpage or your your blog on your MySpace. It's like, wow, that was gutsy for what you said. Uh, and you just said it now about having to s- compare to, you know, using the word professionals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you pretty much stick to that point. And you try to make that point uh, many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean this. This is it. it you know, the people are changing the rules of you know just civilization, and they're applying it to ghost hunting, and they're they're just kind of modifying to whatever is comfortable for them. And you know, and like we said, that this is like a hobby. And um, you know, if you're why do you call why do you call it that? Let's let's get that well, definition straight. Okay, don't get paid for we it. We don't get paid. For right. Anybody can do it. I mean, you know, right. it's, it's, and, and it's just something that, you know, and everybody's not drawn to it. It's something, you know, people had some reason that, that, that piqued their interest in it in the first place, and then it just grew into, you know, becoming, you know, involved in investigating. And there are a lot of great people, and there are a lot of credible people, and then there are some whack jobs. But the thing is, <clears throat> you can't, I mean, there's not, you can't study to be a paranormal investigator in school. You can't get a degree in this. You can't. I mean, it is a hobby. You're never going to get paid for it unless you get lucky and land a TV show. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not a job. Right, and you know, you can't support your family doing it. No, and another thing is, you know, it, we compare it to a hobby because there's people who are hobbyists that you know they could build everything from airplanes to, uh, you know, wooden horses. Uh, right. Some people are really good at it, and some people aren't. Um, you know, they're craft they're craftsmen in what they do as a hobby. Um, you know, if you're building or you know racing little remote control cars, you may be better than some people but all in all you're all still racing remote control cars that's not, not going to pay your electric yeah and it's not going to pay your like and actually you're you're pulling out of your own pocket to feed your own hobby so that's where okay. the hobby thing <laughs> and i'm sure you catch some heat by you know phrasing it that way yep mm-hmm. um yeah because yeah. people are like oh we take this serious well we take it serious too but we're not this isn't our life, and it, and we also do a lot of preaching about, you know, priorities and all that stuff because, you know, this this should not be anybody's life because it is a hobby. It's become you become obsessed with tight with things and you know people's home lives and all that on a personal level. They start to to you know get affected by this, and it's like you know it's not your priority, your job, your family. That's your priority, and then whatever's left over, that's where your hobby falls in. So, now, do you, do you consider yourself scientist? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. I only I, I bring that up because you brought, bring it up on your blog, too, and explain that very uh, uh, I Yeah, I've only met a couple people that are, like, degree-type, even engineers. I mean, mm-hmm. That's even reaching, um, that have the education to even be close, to be becoming close to saying, I'm a scientist or I use science. Yeah. And uh, there's nowhere in in any science books that show you how to properly investigate claims of dead people. So, you know, it's just. But you're doing scientific tests, aren't you? I read you, you do try to apply, right. you know, the scientific method right. over to to your experiments. But I don't think that makes you a scientist. Yeah, but it doesn't make you a scientist. I mean, just because you can put Mentos in a diet, you know, in a diet coke bottle and shoot it off, does not make you a scientist. Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. John, 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 enjoy. John knows where oh, I'm yeah. coming from, don't you? John? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, thank you, ladies. Um, the okay. What? All right. Now, as I was talking to Tanya, you guys also run. And I love her explanation of it. You run um, maybe tours or uh, take people to haunted locations, etc. I mean, the general public, let's put it that way. Okay, we're not talking investigators. We're talking the general public. Am I correct on that? Mm-hmm. And why do you do it, ladies? Because I love Tanya's excellent, you know, the way she explained it to me. Well, I'll just explain it really quick, and then I'll let Tammy give her reasoning. But uh, basically, the general public, if they have an interest in it, it gives them an outlet um, to go and for one night go and experience something, um, you know, potentially paranormal or creepy or spooky. Um, so it kind of gets it out of their system, and they get a hands-on, you know, moment in our event. And a lot of times it's like a lot of fun for a lot of people. Um also, when we do this, when I do the public like ghost hunts, we apply. They are conducting a real investigation, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a different. It's a more of a psychological type um, investigation, and uh, you know, so they are. They feel useful. They feel like what they're doing means something to the investigation. And um, uh, um, to my surprise, the the evidence that's coming out of it is 
kind of blowing my mind where I don't know how to put the the numbers where they need to be. I'm like, oh, you know, this is this is unreal. Um, it's better investigating, and it's a lot of fun, and it's entertainment to people who are interested in this, and it keeps them from going and trying to find these locations on their own, or, right. you know, and or even forming a team and going out and mm-hmm. running amok and, you know, not knowing anything about the proper protocol of getting permission and all this stuff because, right. you know, sadly, and this is a nationwide thing, it's probably an international thing, people breaking and entering, teams not following the proper procedures to get access to these locations legally and mm-hmm. um, they're just these fly-by-night, been watching too much television. But, you know, when you pull the public in, it gives them an opportunity to actually go do it and see if they really like it. And from yeah. what I've found on my end, a lot of people are just like, you know, I just want to thank you for a great night. That was a lot of fun, and maybe I'll do it again sometime. And then, of course, you have a couple other people that are like, I am so interested in what you're doing, I want to be involved more. Those are the types of people that should be investigating, not the ones that just want to show up to get scared and have a, you know, fun or whatever. Um, that's what Halloween's for, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, Tammy, she does her own, um, and we're both really big into history and travel and tourism, and we promote mm-hmm. anybody who does that because it, it keeps history, you know, alive. Yeah. So, But Tammy does different things, and I'll kind of let her explain that. I do. Um, mine is not really so much paranormal-related, but my, I do um, ghost town tours where I have taken the four counties, the county where I live and the three surrounding counties, and I've researched um, all the ghost towns and the histories and why they're not there anymore and what used to be there and just kind of the stories. And we um, <clears throat> we take a day-long tour and we go out and we visit some of the little old uh, cemeteries that are, you know, not really being used anymore. And we find some little out-of-the-way places. And it's kind of fun because then you can, it's, it's, well, and we live in Oklahoma, and so I don't know if okay. you're familiar with Oklahoma, but there's a lot of wide open spaces, <clears throat> and um, it's kind of fun to, you know, take these people just to the middle of a wheat field and say this is where this used to be a town of a thousand people, and this is where the church was, and this is where the, you know, the blacksmith shop was, and um, so mine's more of a historical based deal. Mm-hmm. But then, then we end up um, on my particular tour, we end up in a ghost town that still has about 30 people that live there, and they have a restaurant that is haunted. Supposedly, so we um, we end up eating dinner at the haunted restaurant in the ghost town, and that's kind of the end of the night. But um, let me ask you yeah. a question: Do you do you take people out of old buildings in any any of these ghost towns and stuff like that? Um, a, a lot of the ones where we go, there aren't very many buildings left standing. Okay. Um, we ventured. I I took one of our tours, and we we did get to venture in to some of these places because there's nobody around for. <laughs> Miles, oh, I would love miles, you know. Yeah, they're not. Um, if if we go, if it's um, if it's like right on the pathway, you know, and it's not some yeah. out in the middle of somebody's property, we don't we don't do anything like that. But um, you know, we kind of poke around and we you know walk around the outside and take pictures. And um, there's only a few of the stops that actually have any buildings still standing, and most of them are in ruins if there are any. Mm-hmm. But um, and a lot of it, a lot of the people that go like to so go to take the pictures. And um, there are a couple of cemeteries that we found, and actually we had to stop at one of the quick shops in one of the towns and get directions to the cemetery because we couldn't find it. (laughs) And um, There's a cemetery out here by where I live where Nicu Debarsi was the world's smallest perfect man that traveled with the circus for years. Okay. And he was with the Ringling Brothers. He's buried here by Drummond, Oklahoma. 
And so that was kind of fun to go, you know, yeah. find that kind of stuff. And um, we have some old Civil War. You know, now, would these stuff. towns be like um, that are now ghost towns if vanished in that? Would they have been like the old uh, cowboy, you know, man on horseback type of cities at the time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most right. of them are. And in Oklahoma, most of the ghost towns, the one thing that you'll find, well, there's actually two things you'll find in common with all the ghost towns that, that we have around here are mm-hmm. railroad tracks where there was once a railroad depot. And right. Then they move. And a lot of times why they're ghost towns now is because the railroad moved. Right. So then the town diminishes. Um, so we have railroad tracks and grain elevators. And mm-hmm. Oklahoma is one of the only um, places that has the big concrete grain elevators with the town's name on them. And mm-hmm. so sometimes, and like I said, it's, it's kind of flat and it's wide open, and that's actually how I found some of the towns was because you could spot the grain elevator and you go out there and you find it and there it is. And some places that's all there is is a cemetery and a grain elevator left. Wow. Great. Fantastic. Boy, right up my alley. Uh, I want to get back to what Tanya said a little bit earlier about when, you know, you bring the general public out to these locations that what you're getting now, you have readings and evidence that's blown your mind. Do you think it's because these people are walking in more open-minded yeah, than, I, than the so-called, you know, this is the way it's got to be done, except right, that's, the type that's of person? exactly it. Um, we, for our research purposes, you know, and they get their fun, um, for our research we're finding that when you bring in and I, mean, I hate to say it, but it's true, but um, potential victims, because people who are not ghost hunters are the ones that's reporting paranormal phenomenon, then the ghost hunters mm-hmm. come in. Um, if you bring in people who are open-minded enough to sign up, um, and we welcome skeptics and groups of people, you know, we ask that they're 18 and over, so we have people from 18, we had um, a a couple that was in their 60s, they're all ages, all beliefs, all, you know, just they have a sense of adventure to them, and they're not really expecting anything. And um, the way we conduct these ghost hunts is we go in, uh, do a couple rounds where they know absolutely nothing about the building. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're armed with a notebook and a pen that we provide, and we're like, you write down everything that you think is significant from seeing, smelling, tasting, feeling, impressions, um, even if there's nothing going on, um, you write it down. And um, what we're finding is that these people who are going in, um, they're going in blind, the group's going in blind, are matching previous ghost hunts of total strangers um, on their on their experiences. Okay. And uh, the second round, you know, then we start telling them a little bit more about the stories. And obviously things kick up, you know, when it mm-hmm. comes to paranormal activity because you you're giving them... That, that fuel, you know, right. and impressions and all that. And sadly enough, it's like ghost hunters, I think, that we're kind of going backwards these days. Um, you know, we, we are real big fans of history and, and all that, but sometimes you can't share information uh, with the team. And, you know, they have people that are going in and, um, you know, doing all this historical research before they show up there, and then they go in and they have all these expectations and knowing who died there. And, of course, you know, their psychics are going to pick up on it, and, you know, and all these people are going to have these strange sensations because it's already implied in their mind. They're they're expecting it at this point. So um, ghost hunters, you know, if we pulled in ghost hunters, they're going in with the one-track mind, and that's to collect evidence of ghosts. And... um, and not not all the places are haunted that ghost hunters go, and but they're expecting it. 
and uh, they're psyched up and they're ready to go. Do you bring tools out on these things? or? Yeah, I, we, we usually bring a few, and we uh, tell people to bring their video cameras and tape recorders and the camera, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they can carry. And, uh, you know, we have a few EMF meters and stuff that we're like, here, if you want to play with this, you can. Um, we don't explain a whole lot outside of just how to operate it. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, if it spikes, you just write it down, you know, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And uh, they, they're not allowed to speak to other groups. Um, until after the entire investigation is over with. And then you'll be kind of shocked. It, we, I was shocked because one group was saying, well, we had that happen there too, you know, and mm-hmm. they, it's pre-documented on a notebook. It's all there. They're not making it up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so right. it, it's kind of cool how it's all working out. And, and plus it's kind of breaking the stereotype of who is the best type ghost hunter. Because mm-hmm. at this point in my research, and I'm going on close to 10 years, you know, regular people are probably the best ghost hunters out there. And I know a lot of people are going to be pissed when I say that. <laughs> so, but. Um, No, not at all, because I think John will agree. Um, John, when we run our stuff, I leave the people pretty much roam. And then, uh, you know, we listen to what they have to say. People share their, you know, experience, what they're feeling. Uh, John does picked up a couple of tools, which will be great for the future for what we do. And, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think it, it's good to have the free roaming because you, you, you're not setting the expectations. You, you just let people roam around. Mm. And exactly like the ladies were just saying, um, you, you don't want to guide them through it because then they have that expectations. Right. So just letting them have the free roam, I agree with everything that, that both of you said, you know, taking the notes but, but when you get a spike on your EMF meter, does anybody turn around and try to take pictures of that spike where that spike happens? That's that's kind of up to them. We'll we'll give them general instructions on if something does happen to to roll their video camera, turn their video camera, you know, take photos. We always tell people to turn their flash off, um, you know, to eliminate orbs because we give them a basic 101 before we go on ghost hunting, not the location. Um, because, you know, there's a big controversy about the whole orb theory and orbs and all this stuff. And I'm like, if you want to eliminate orbs, turn off your flash. And uh, let's see how many orbs you get. But if you do get balls of light in a total dark room with no flash, you may have something compared to eliminating all the dirty dust that's floating around <laughs> as everybody's mm-hmm. walking around. And right. uh, so we kind of give them the basics. And, um, you know, Tammy and I, we really try to preach a lot about uh, relying on uh, common sense and instinct versus uh, tools and all, all this stuff and gizmos and gadgets because, you know, so far, you know, everything's going tech and the the, psych, the psychology behind the supernatural and hauntings and claims hasn't been proven yet. So we're kind Using of, that tech stuff. Yeah, we, we're advancing into something that we haven't even really got a grasp on you know, mm-hmm. with just the psychology behind it. And it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with, like, you know, studying psychic phenomenon and all this stuff. It's just basic ghost hunting, <laughs> you know, yeah. and they're making it all complex. And, you know, I'm like, y'all, don't, y'all are going way way past what you need to, to be focusing on here. <laughs> I mean, it's impressive, you know, don't get me wrong, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, uh, what are you going to prove because you haven't proved the, just the basic psychology behind it, 
you know, or that the, or that the equipment is actually doing what you what it claims to do. Because a lot of people buy equipment that they read the advertisement about, mm-hmm. and you know, without even no knowledge of working with the equipment, and run out and feel that you know the first thing that comes up on this thing has to be this or that. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, Tammy and I are probably her team. You know, Erie, Oklahoma, and my team, you know, Gooley. Um, we probably are the only couple teams here in Oklahoma that are not um, gizmo and gadget focused. And uh, it, a lot of people, you know, they, they think it's bragging rights when you have 172 night shot video cameras. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say that. Yeah, um, but in fact, you know, I'm like, well, you don't have anything on your website. You know, yeah, yeah. Where's your evidence? You know. I didn't say that. I like what John's got, and I'm not a gadget or not a gadget. I'm gonna get myself in trouble. I'm not a tools person, okay? But he's got the EMF meter, and he's got the uh, what's the temperature thing called, John? Uh, infrared uh, temperature gauge. It's yeah. a, it's a gun that shoots a laser. Yeah. So basically, he's got that, and you know, besides the cameras and uh, the tape recorder and stuff like that, and. Uh, I kind of like that. I've had people bring those out on, you know, I like you guys, I allow people to bring whatever they want to bring. And um, they usually, you know, they're good because I kind of uh, give somebody an idea of what's going on in that location. Um, ladies, what do you have coming up? You um, have projects coming up, don't you? Yeah, we do. Tim, you can tell them about the conference? Um, well, you probably have more lined out than I do, but it's um, going to take place at the end of September in El Reno, and the city of El Reno, I have to say, has been incredibly helpful and very um, accepting of what we're doing. And um, it's called Paracon, which, and uh, we have a couple of great guest speakers coming this year. Um, in the past, we've had a lot of fun with it. We've we've done two, I guess, two or three. This will be the third one now. Okay, we've done two. Um, we've had a, uh, a professor that comes in and does the history of horror movies. That's kind of been just kind of fun. We had um, we've had a lot of different things go on at the conferences, but this year we have Troy Taylor and Patrick Burns coming, so we're excited about that. Good, good. They're, they're both going to be a lot of fun. I think I've heard Troy speak a couple times, and um, we've when we did the TLC show, we, he was one of the people that was involved with that. So we've kind of gotten to know Troy over the last few years, and he is a he is a phenomenal speaker, and he's yeah. fun. And nope. Amy and I will be doing a presentation that um, we're kind of working on now, and it's going to be really, <laughs> it'll be fun. It'll be the whole do's and don'ts and of ghost hunting, and it'll be, a, you know, complete with a slideshow with fashion do's, fashion don'ts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Ghost hunting do's, ghost hunting don'ts. Um, it'll be a fun presentation. So, um, but we're we're excited about this year, and uh, we have a whole town supporting us and which is hard to do, you know, here we're in the Bible Belt. Well, and neither one yeah. of us, it's, not our, it's neither one of our hometowns. Nope. <laughs> yeah, we, we, uh, had to, we had to go outside of both hometowns to get support, so. Um, are you going to have any uh, investigations, like for the general public type of thing? That you're yeah, um, you can check the uh, com, G-H-O-U-L-I.com, okay. and I, I have things posted there, and I usually post on the blog, um, because everybody is on MySpace. And um, so I have dates posted there, and this month we're booked. We They stay booked continuously. Uh, um, let's see. 
locally, I, I know that Pimi and I were discussing doing a paranormal adventure mm-hmm. uh, this fall where we pretty much, uh, people sign up and they get on a bus and they don't know where they're going and they go mm-hmm. out at a, a location and they have to stay the night. And uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Hopefully yeah. it's everybody you like. And, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what we're hoping. We're hoping to, to introduce those um, this year. It sounds interesting. It sounds that sounds kind of neat. You know, and it's it outside of ghost hunting. You know, there's there's, uh, and it's not about the money thing. It's about the exploration. Because Tammy and I, you know, we're, you know, we've drove to Kansas to eat pizza. You know, and <laughs> you know, it's crazy to some people, but you know, taking those back roads wherever you live you know, is really important because you don't know what you're going to come across. Right. You know, especially visiting these little bitty towns and, you know, stopping to take pictures at abandoned homes and farms and all that. So we've had a few uh, close calls Mm. (laughs) at times. (laughs) I I like the concept that you give uh, people like a one-on-one before they, you know, you leave them wander in the areas, you know. I like that. I like that concept. I really do. Well, and I think that one of the biggest problems with the ghost hunting thing today is that there isn't enough, I mean, say there isn't enough education. Education, the opportunity to be educated is there, but enough people, there aren't enough people taking the opportunity. Right, and yeah, we, we thrive on educating the public because we've had people, I've, I've, I host workshops on occasion, and I've had people come in and then they leave with a, a truly skeptical mindset. They come in mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my God, it's one of those annoying ghost groupies, you know, yeah, and yeah. they leave and they're like, they're like, I, I want to say I feel foolish, but I'm glad I do because I learned so much. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, being a skeptic isn't all about, you know, pissing on everybody's parade. Right. It's, it's offering common sense and a practical approach to investigating instead of just going around and, you know, after, you know, reading a book, thinking you see dead people and listening to people who claim it and, everybody's scared and tense and full of anxiety, and then they're, like, leaving going, oh, I had a great investigation. <laughs> You're like, no, you didn't. You just created that. You, should, you could have stayed home and did that, you know. I, ouch. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you do this or, any, or not, but if you get a call, do you, do you go to locations if somebody, will you investigate a place for a private person? Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, we do. We we conduct investigations pretty much just like every other team, mm-hmm. um, but we the the difference between us and them is we don't show up with magnets on our car and matching T-shirts and fifty cars and you know making a spectacle of ourselves. Um, yeah. We try to be discreet because um, you know people if they're in a, if they live in a, a neighborhood. You know, why do you want everybody to know that you have a problem going on in your house? You know, it should be held in a discreet manner. And, you know, usually with the residential, I'll, we'll just take a couple people, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, why overkill it with an entire team, you yeah. know. And, uh, but that's once you get past all the screening and stuff um, with residential clients. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. That's... Uh um, you, oh God, um, I, I, I can't say what I want to say. Um, the, no, not, not with you guys. I just, my personal, I can't say what I want to say. Oh. Um, 
So with which the screening part of it, okay? That's where I want to go. How do you go about doing it? I mean, how do you how do you uh, judge if the person's in their let's put it this way, right mind or not? Well, I I ask a lot of questions, and like I had a lady that called me, and she was telling me that um, you know she thought she her house was haunted, and so I was like, well, okay, you know, kind of tell me what's happening, and she was telling me, and then it got a little weirder and a little weirder, and then she was telling me that the hair in the bathtub was spelling out her name, and then she was telling me that she thought her ex husband was gassing her through the vents to make her think she was crazy. And, I mean, it just kind of went on and on and on. And I found out she takes a lot of medication, and she has been um, found to not necessarily be in her right mind. And so mm-hmm. after we went through that, I finally, and, I mean, we talked for a very long time, and I finally said, I think that you probably should talk to a therapist instead of a ghost because <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to be able to help you with your problem. Very good. I yeah. mean, you know, and I and the, and the thing is, is I think that there are some people, some very irresponsible people that would go, ooh, we're going to her house, you know. Yes, yes, there are. And uh-huh. I, I'm really against exploiting people that have issues, that have mental issues. And, you know, there's there's a group, you know, you can have a family that her, say, you've got a husband and a wife, they've got three kids, and then the wife's sister and her two kids move in until they get on their feet, and they've got all these weird things happening and stuff flying around, and Kids are getting scratched and the stuff and all this. And so you, you go and you investigate it and you're looking around and you're like, well, while these people are freaking out over here, the four-year-old just threw a Tonka truck at the six-year-old and nobody can figure out how he got scratched. Mm-hmm. You know, you ought to look at every everything. And if it's that chaotic of a household, you have to, like, take all of that kind of stuff into consideration. And so many people are just, they don't. Yeah, and teams, and, and it's really bad here in Oklahoma and I'm sure it is everywhere else. Uh, a lot of teams want these places to be haunted, which I think is the most irresponsible thing as an investigator um, to to go in and want somebody's home to be haunted. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm like, come on, you you need to show some, take some responsibility. And instead of going along like a, a three year old and going along with this and playing their game um, mm-hmm. and believing every little thing that they say, you have to believe your clients to an extent, but sometimes you have to cut it off. You have to go, okay, this is this is why this is happening. Yeah, it might possibly be that you have five cats in right. one room in the middle of the night and things are going bump. Right. And you know uh, let's go to another subject that I've seen on your your blog. And speaking of your blog, if people want to look for you on MySpace, where would they find uh, uh just Ghost us? Just type in uh, MySpace and just you could do a search and just do. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's just MySpace.com slash Ghost Divas. Ghost Divas, yeah, we're okay. pretty okay. easy to find. Okay, you may get more. Uh, you may get more hate mail after. Uh, That's fine. <laughs> Bring it on. Time. And one thing, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of our subjects come up because people. Are um, they they don't want to bring it up? It's, it's something happening with their team. It's yeah. kind of like Tammy and I. We've we've kind of teased about it. We're kind of like the dear Abby of the paranormal field um, because people are afraid. They really are. They're afraid they're going to get kicked off their teams if they bring up certain subjects or or problems. And 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 we promise whoever contacts, we will not show who you are. Uh, we'll clean up the, the the topic to make sure it's not pointed directly at somebody in some certain area. Um, Basically, you guys take claim for what you post up there. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, very, very gutsy stuff I've seen posted on your uh, 
your blog, and that's what drew me to it. It's like, wow. These well, yeah, we tend are... to say the stuff that everybody else is scared to say out loud. We don't really care if it makes anybody mad or not. Yeah. Because and I think your posting about demons falls under my same thought. What What do you have to say about demons? You post something about demons on your blog? Oh, uh, we about the possession. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the new trend. Um, thanks to Most Haunted or whatever that show is. Um, a lot of people are that that claim to be sensitive or psychic or whatever. The new thing is is everybody's getting possessed, mm-hmm. and um, they're pretty much putting on a show for whoever else is there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's I'm, I can't say that they're not possessed because they're probably possessed by something, <laughs> but um, but the whole thing is it's it's. Um, and, and, uh, and we're not against psychics. We're against the psychics who go around saying, "Hey, I'm a psychic." Yeah, I'm psychic, but you're a, you know, I hate your guts, but love and light. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're against those kind of psychics um, that go around and they're true narcissists. I mean, it's all about them. Their whole investigative team is focused around what they say, and they don't go and do the history. They don't do. They just take everything that their psychic says as fact and they don't go any further um and now all these psychics are become they're getting possessed and they're they're trying to convince groups of people that they're talking to a, a guy standing right in front of them when nobody's there and um you know and they get angry and well, what do you feel about people that claim they're being possessed by a demon or well, the investigator that goes into a house and, you know, says this lady's got demons possessing her. Well, I, I haven't ever had that experience. Yeah, I haven't ever had anyone call me to have something like yeah, that. Yeah, me either. Done. I have researched, um, like, possessions. And mm-hmm. every, and I put up on that blog, there's some, like, you know, interesting examples. But most possessions, true possessions, are um, are exactly what they are. They're a possession. Therefore, that person has no control over what they're doing, saying, uh, or anything like that, and then just because you're psychic erases the fact that that would frighten the hell out of you. Yeah, it it yeah. just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, you know, do, once you become the psychic person, are you freaking a superhero now? That's the the attitude that's taking place these days. Um, you know, outside. Oh, of, yeah, you and I, Tanya, talked about the you know um, of some psychics. You know, because they will what is it, help banish, help cross over, help whatever, um, basically to banish uh, stuff. Um, they're almost claiming that, you know, they're more powerful than the soup, than the uh, spiritual world. Right, right. That's the way I look at it. They're, you know. they're playing God, and they are above and beyond any superhero that's out there. And uh, they're, the thing is, is, you know, Tammy and I, it's, you know, we've, we have always felt this. It's, if you're going to make extraordinary claims, Mm-hmm. You better have something to back it up. Because mm-hmm. these are extraordinary claims. See, yeah. and talking to dead people, you know, mm-hmm. we won't deny that people have gifts, mm-hmm. but the ones that the people who are centrally located as ghost hunters, mm-hmm. you know, and they go out there and, you know, it's just they're the main tool um, or they're the main spectacle from what yeah. I've observed. <laughs> um, there's There's a problem with that because it's like, who do you think you are, you know, even if you are in touch, you know, with whatever, 
it doesn't make that everything that you say is correct and you don't have the power to get rid of them and you know cuz it's kind of playing god type thing you know and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh you know and in my I opinion, totally agree yeah no totally matter what religion you are if you're above that god then yeah. you must be really someone special and why you're ghost hunting is beyond me yeah and the, I, I mean i think that if somebody that's having some a disturbance in their house is a lot different than a demon possession. I mean, to me, ghost hunting and demon stuff is completely not even in the same realm. I mean, it's just a different thing to me. because Even you, even a Catholic church will put people through the paces before they even send anybody out to do an exorcist, you know, um, as far as seeing psychiatrists or shrinks or whatever. Um, and there's now, a, you know, Allegedly, investigators going out and playing the dual role of investigating, then getting rid of your demons. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And right. I think and that's like, dangerous. I mean, I, I just think it's reckless because, first of all, if if it's if there's a demon possession type of thing going on, to me that becomes more of a religious issue, and that's not mm-hmm. something some Joe Blow guy from the street that chases ghosts on the weekends can come in and take care of for you. Right. And I think that you, like you said, you got to get into the psychology behind it, the religion behind it, the you know, it could be medical stuff. I mean, you don't know. We don't know what that what that really is. You might have to go all the way back to the person's childhood. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I just don't think that that is something that, I think that that is something that somebody has to do a lot, and that to me has to be a specialized field. Yeah. And that's not something that I am really interested in. Yeah, and these certifications <laughs> that are floating around, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I won't even get into a whole lot of it. Um, it's good that the education is out there. Um, some is good and some is really bad um but doesn't just because you've taken some courses like when i teach workshops you don't get a certification you're like okay come back to the next one you know we i don't certify anybody as a ghost hunter if you want to be a ghost hunter then be a ghost hunter and um the the phony certifications and all this stuff and um you know we we recently kind of had a run in with with uh, another little group on MySpace, uh, it's been a while back, we wanted to talk shop because a lot of people don't understand that we are ghost hunters. Tammy and I, we are ghost hunters. We we do have an idea of what we're talking about. <laughs> we didn't yeah. just pop up for promotion or production efforts or trying to get on television or anything like that. Um, we actually have some knowledge behind us, and we'll talk shop with anybody. And if we don't know, we'll say, I don't know. You know, and but you know when these people are saying I've got all these certifications and all this stuff, and and then they can't even talk shop because they haven't even been out in the field long yeah. enough. You know, I'm like, just because you have a wall full of cert- certificates that anybody could print, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you are an expert or you're prepared to do anything when it comes to real supernatural claims. Well, that's yeah. even people that go to college. I mean, they're book read or you know yeah. book learned. And that, and uh, there's reasons why you become an intern, you know? right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and a lot of skeptics are even that way. It's like I I I love skeptics, and I'm glad they're there. But a lot of them haven't been out. They haven't been in the situations enough to be debunking them. Right, right. And it's like go out, go out, and go trample around in the dirty building, you know, for hours and hours, and analyze everything, and then and then start debunking everything. I got a buddy named Steve. He's a skeptic, and he's been out a couple times. And I love when he comes around because when things do uh, pop up that 
blows his mind, his jaw just drops, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he goes, let's get out of here, you know. But oh. the next day he's still a skeptic, you know. Uh, but for that moment, that location, um, you know, it was a feeling that, you know, he couldn't explain right. or what he's seen. Yeah, it's uh, time that people, because there's just the flood of ghost hunting teams, and um, there's a lot of them that are just on MySpace. That's that's where they're, they are. They don't mm-hmm. even have websites. They don't have anything documenting who they are, where they've been. Um, it's kind of like a fad, <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah. I think it's kind of dying out, though. I a hope so. And uh, I think that's kind of dying out. Uh, I think the people are going more toward um, what you guys do with the general public and what I may do with the general public and some of the tours out here. Mm-hmm. Then um, you know. They find out the team thing is kind of boring, <laughs> you know. It's uh, a lot of work yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And, and they and once they get their feet or their toes a little wet in that, they're like, Nah, I don't, you know. And this is more than, you know. I want yeah. to see or feel or, you know, instant, instant gratification, you know, yeah. which this country's turned into basically. Yep. But uh, Jack. Yeah, come on, man. You guys are quiet. Are you kidding? The, the ladies are doing a great job. I mean, I'm enjoying the heck out of this. Good, good. Well, what do you want to say, John? Come on. Uh, to, to either one of the girls, whoever wants to answer this, when you're talking to somebody about a location before you go and investigate it or check it out, however you want to word it, um, and you, you're doing an interview process, you're asking them questions, do you document the questions, the, the answers that they give you and share it with anybody, or do you make opinion on the answers that they give you? I document the answers they give me. I kind of go, I sit down, and before I even start asking, I have, you know, pen and paper ready, and I write down everything they say, and then I kind of go back through it. I don't really share that with anybody unless it's somebody, you know, on my team that we're going to go investigate the house. Um I don't share anybody's personal information, and I and make that known to the people that everything they tell me is confidential. Well, I, I meant sharing it with your, with your team, not putting oh. it in the local paper. Right. <laughs> um, well, because I had one lady, when I was taking notes one time, she completely freaked out because she thought I was going to, like, share it with everybody, I guess. Um, I share some, I share what I think is necessary to share. Mm-hmm. I kind of, um, and then... I kind of sometimes don't tell my team everything because I want I don't want them to have any preconceived notions. So okay. sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. It depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. But if it's like personal information, I don't really always share that so, I mean, unless no. I think it's relevant. Um, but if um, I kind of give them an overview of what's going on and then sometimes I don't tell them because I want to, I want to see what they come up with. Mm-hmm. and see if it matches up with what they told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I usually keep my team blind on situations, but it, it kind of depends on the, the, the location where, you know, like if it's an old historical location and it's a huge building, you're going to have to you're gonna have to share a little bit of where they should be going, you know, um, or focus on, you know, fo- focus on this area, focus on this area, um, because there were reports there, because um, you don't want them spending all their time in the place that looks scary <laughs> compared to the place that doesn't look as scary where all the activity is taking place. Um, because, you know, we're human beings, and we're drawn to the, the basements, we're drawn to the attics, and when, in fact, it, all the activity could be going on, 
you know, in the nursery or the kitchen or, you know, or something like that. Um, I, I share information like that, um, but, or if there's some kind of physical attacks, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll share that information because, mm-hmm. you know, I may have team members that don't want to go um, because they don't want, for them, they don't want to be in that situation and I respect that, you know. Right. So, it's kind of a case-by-case case type of thing. Okay. 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 Uh, anything else, Jan, that you want to, at this time, ask them? No. Um, I, I, when you when you go, do you go at night and during the day, do you, uh, depending on the different locations? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah I, I, I just ran into a little tool that I, uh, a friend of mine just discovered. He, he started going out with me recently and getting very involved. And he stumbled across a couple of flashlights that that actually enhance night vision cameras. Uh, it's it's green in color, so it it doesn't look like you got a searchlight or a floodlight uh, pointing at wh- wherever you're at. It just enhances the night vision, and it's made specifically for that, which helps a lot when you're walking around somewhere dark, whether it be a cemetery or what have you, a house. Um, you can see the difference a lot. Do you use anything like that? That to help you in your your night time outings. Well, we when we went um, we went on a trip to Waverly Hills last summer, I guess, and the team that we went with had um, they did something similar with their flashlights. They colored them red, mm-hmm. um, so that it and I guess that was what that was for. But we didn't really use it that much. And for me personally, if I'm at a residence at night. If it just depends on the situation, because if the if the stuff is happening like around nine or ten o'clock when the people are up watching TV, then I have the lights on in the house. I don't I don't ghost hunt in the dark just because it's scary and because that's what you're supposed to do. If it happens in the daytime, we investigate in the daytime. And if it happens, you know, now if it, they say it happens at, at this particular time of night when everybody's asleep, then yeah, we turn off the lights. But um, so you try to recreate the same scenario right. that they're having. Yeah, a, yeah because you know, me, so when you go messing around with stuff, that's going to drive it right. with, in, away, you exactly. know, when things aren't normal. And see, mm-hmm. that's the way we do it, too. It's because, you know, if things happen while the, everybody's up and awake and they're watching television or all that, we're going to go in and we're going to sit and watch television, We're going to, especially in a residential home. We're going to go in and not be ghost hunters. We're going to be guests of their house. Um, because if you go in and you destruct the natural flow of the house, you're overall just kind of fighting. You're going against the grain of, mm-hmm. you know, because these ghosts are going to be like, what are these people doing, you know? And and plus it's that whole, it, it, it offers a little bit more respect because you're not expecting them to, to perform for you. Um, you know, set your cameras up, hide them, you know, cover them up a little bit, you know, leave the room, um, you know, if doors open and close, make sure you have everything in clear view. Um, but don't go in and take over, you know, a, a, especially a residential home because that's normally not how things are going on. I mean, that's not how things happen. The ghosts, you know, are more active when people are being people, you know. And uh, some of my best investigations, at, even at abandoned or historical places, I've got some of the best evidence and had the best things happen during the day. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, ghost hunters ghost hunt at night because it's more quiet and you get to utilize your night shot equipment, um, but everything's a little bit more peaceful. But, you know, if someone's saying, every, you know, every day around, you know, between noon and 3 after lunch, you know, stuff happens, then you need to be there between noon and 3. Not I think John will agree with me that you guys pretty much had a class 101 here right on the radio show. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like that outlook that you just had about, you know, get, don't go attacking it or looking for it. Just be a guest. That, yep. that, that's definitely a great outlook. Well, and this yeah. is a lesson that we learned, and, and really this is something Tanya talks about, but um, something that we've learned too and that, we've re- that we realize that so many people don't do is if you're in a location, say and say you're in an, a, a building, um, a, a business or an abandoned historical site or something like that, people go in with these great expectations and you know demanding things happen and you know and all this and and if you would just sit down and chill out and let the <laughs> building be itself, yeah. Yeah. you're gonna you're more likely to have yep. something happen to you. Then if you're walking around yelling, show yourself, you know, and knock Flash on the door and, and do this room. and do that. And, you know, because that's not, you just got to sit and you got to let the building be itself. And yep. there's one particular place that we go that every time, and we don't get to go there very often, but every time that we go there, something significant happens to somebody but it's never when you're expecting it. Right. And it, it's about, you know, we I had an, an elderly lady tell us about this location. She's like, you can't, you can't go in expecting this building to come to life for you. You have to, you have to be patient. You have to wait. And um, going in and if, you know, because it's not goofing off or anything like that, but if Tammy and I are sitting in a hallway and we have our equipment set up and we're talking about our kids, Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're actually increasing our chances of witnessing something paranormal because our focus isn't on the paranormal. Um, we've got some of the best CVP um, when we were just sitting around chit-chatting and um, talking about, you know, our houses, our homes, our work, you know, things like that. And um, we're not expecting the building to perform for us. We're just letting the building be who it is. And a lot of times, uh, you know, these fly-by-night teams, I call them, you know, the poop, the booty call teams, they go in, they visit once, and then they leave. And they mm-hmm. never come back. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, they just totally booty called this location. You know, and they have 29 pictures of orbs. and so Yeah, you know, they're like, yeah. we were there for eight hours, but, yo, we're only there one night. And if you continue, if you're able to go back and let the building get used to you, um, get familiar with who you are, you're also increasing your chances. Sometimes it's not always, you're not able to do that, um, but patience is the most important thing with all of this. Like you said, people get bored. Yeah, they get mm-hmm. bored. Well, and intent, and your intentions and respect are important too. Because, And I know that this sounds real corny, but I just think that places can tell if you're being disrespectful yep. or you have bad, you know, poor intentions. Um, yeah. I just and it's like this particular location that we that we go to sometimes. It's at the hotel in Texas, and it you can and like I said, this sounds weird putting it in words, but but if you've been you there, you know you can sometimes tell. I mean, you can. We went one night and it was it was great, and we had all kinds of stuff happen, and it was 
a kind of a jovial kind of atmosphere. And then another time we went and we were like, I think the building is like pissed off. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like in a bad mood. It, yeah. It, the atmosphere is different. And I think that you have to, you just, and I know like I said, that sounds corny, and I am about as psychic as a, you know, a door, but I think you have to have respect for the atmosphere and you have to have, you know, I think places, I think places or energies or whatever can, can tell what your intentions are. And so I think you have to go in with, you know, the right mm-hmm. intentions and you have to have a lot of respect for where you are, even if it's an old abandoned place that nobody ever goes or, you know, never sees or 50 million people trample through it every day. You have to have respect for where you're at and what you're doing, and I think that, that uh, a lot of teams like that. And John's heard me talk about this a uh, few times, that the people that, you know, uh, when we go to our locations and there are places that we go to more than once, um, that I've been through, through a few times just on my own first before I invite anybody out there. But the people that are hit the hardest, um, seem like the ones that go go through, and it's nothing wrong. This is what they need to do for themselves, etc. But provide themselves protection or whatever, as they call it, okay, against spirits. And I try to explain to people, and this is my take on it: is again, you're taking a position that I'm more powerful than you, and I'm going to protect myself from you. And right. the spirits is going. Oh, yeah, let's see. <laughs> okay. Exactly. What you think now? <laughs> well, and not only that, if you are, um, and I don't want to seem like I'm, well, you know, badass bulletproof, but if you go in scared enough of some place that you have to feel like you have to protect yourself, mm-hmm. to me, that psychologically, that tells me that you're uh, maybe a little bit open. I mean, that not, not consciously, but if you're worried that something's going to get you, then maybe you're psychologically not really supposed to be there in the right. first place. Right, and I agree. Because if you can't go somewhere and you're not in charge of yourself enough and you're to not let something happen to you, then you shouldn't be there in the first place. If you honestly don't have the wherewithal to keep stuff coming from coming into your head, then you don't need to be there. I don't, myself and John will, you know, he'll, he'll admit to this. I, I actually walk away from... Uh, right. The people that are, you know, want to use protection in that, I can't, you know, I can't say they're wrong in that. Whatever suits, you know, their needs. Right. But usually they're the ones that, a lot of times, are the ones that get hit. Yeah. And, uh, well, here in Oklahoma, um, because there's, it, because of our Native American heritage here, um, mm-hmm. typically I don't go in and ask for protection before an investigation kind of comes in, it kind of like blows the whole purpose of being there, in my opinion. But, um, you know, when we're out on, you know, Indian land, um, after an investigation, um, <laughs> I follow their custom. Right. They do smudging. And I'm like, bring it on, because yeah. this is a custom that I'm not familiar with, or this, you know, culture. It's not my culture. I'm, an, I'm a trespasser here. Right. So even if I have legal permission, I'm still a trespasser, and I am going to protect myself on their level. It's just like going in and, um, you know, say you're a, a Pentecostal and you're going into a, a, a residential home where they're hardcore Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your your rituals are not going to be effective there. Right. And right. besides, you don't know what religious beliefs that ghost or whatever has. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you brought that up you know? on one of your blogs. Yeah. Um, and basically when you're, you know, when you talk about being on the Indian reservation, 
um, when in Rome, do as the Romans right. do. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Right. Definitely. Yep. Uh, ladies, we've got a minute and five seconds left. Uh, I just need to say a couple things. Uh, there's nothing going on with the Unexplained World till August, I believe it's 3rd, that I'm doing readings back at Champs. Uh, hopefully Deanne will be with us. And then uh, I just put up the new webpage for the Humphrey House that he has us there on a regular uh, basis to bring in uh, the general public, basically. And we're Come August, I will have things set and what we're going to do, be doing with the paranormal. Tanya and Tammy, thank you very much for You're being welcome. on the show. Thank you. Thank you. It was enjoyable. The time went by, boom. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and uh, I think John enjoyed it. John, Absolutely, uh, it was a great show. Well, hopefully yeah. everybody will uh, shoot us an email if they have any problems um, and they don't want to go there, then we'll go there for them and, uh, you know. We'll, we'll talk about pretty much anything. And your website, just go to, to find you on MySpace. Just go, just type in Divas, um, Ghost Divas, and you'll be there. Yep. And um, you can hear the show also on the rebroadcast. Ladies, thank you very much. You're welcome. And listeners, thank you. Jan, thank you. Everybody, thank you. And good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Tammy. Yeah. Okay. My phone cut off. Do what? My phone cut off. It did? Yeah, for a minute. I was like, uh... Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.